Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you that you are the most wonderful, wonderful God, that you love us so much. God, I thank you for that word that we've been encouraged with already, even this morning, around communion, that, Lord, your love is for us, that, God, you so, so love us. And, Lord, no matter what happens in this life, that, Lord, we know that it is well with our soul because we know forgiveness is through Jesus Christ, that, Lord Jesus, you said it is finished upon the cross. And Lord, every chain of sin and, and, and our shame was broken upon that cross. But Lord, we are set free to live this life for your glory. That we can know your love. That we can know your, your, your presence with us every single day by your Holy Spirit. And God, we just thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. We thank you, God, for encouraging every one of us and helping us to, to see and to hear and to know your call for each one of us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that there is no one that you created that you don't, do not have a plan for. Lord, you created every person. You love them. You know them. You know the, the gifts and abilities you've given them. You know the position you've placed them in. You know the, the challenges we go through. And Lord, I just thank you that we can say today that it is well with my soul. I have hope. I have, I have life because of you, Lord Jesus. We give you thanks. And we just ask you to have your way in us today, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. This morning, we're going to continue our series. We're coming to the end of our series, looking at the village, that it takes a village to make disciples. And uh, I hope you're feeling encouraged. I hope you're feeling empowered and, and your, your clickers are working. Oh, there we are. Fantastic. Good morning. Uh, I hope you're feeling empowered and encouraged and equipped to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to know what it means to be a disciple, but also to be equipped to go and make disciples. Because that's God's calling for every believer in Christ, that we know Him and that we tell others about Him. You know, Jesus and the disciples weren't employees of any church. You probably knew that, sorry, that's a silly statement. They weren't employees and God's call for us to go and make disciples isn't just for pastors of churches, it's for every believer in Christ. If you know Jesus is your Saviour, He says, come follow me. And he'll, he'll empower us to go and make disciples. He wants us to be, be disciples who make disciples. And we are the church, the village that he's called, called to make disciples together. We all do it in different ways. We all do different things that add to that village that makes disciples. We all do it in different ways. We have different gifts. But it's God's calling for every one of us. And today maybe you're thinking, well, I don't even know Jesus yet. Well, guess what? God loves you. He wants you to know him. And then you'll be able to tell other people about him. And you might be thinking, that's crazy, Andrew. I don't think I want to do that. But who knows? God does. This morning, I want to talk about, my theme for the morning is overcoming temptation. And as I talk about overcoming temptation, as I talk about temptation, we, can be, we, we quickly have things come to mind of, of greed, of slothfulness, of pride, of sexual immorality, of pornography, of gossip, drunkenness, drugs, selfishness. There's things that come into our mind when we think about temptation. I'm sure there's different things for all of us that you can think, yep, there's a temptation there in my life. But I don't want to talk about the temptation themselves this morning. I don't want to glorify any temptation, but I want to focus on the overcoming of temptation. I want to talk about what we can do, how we can overcome temptation in our lives. We all are human. We all face challenges. We all face trials and, and temptation. 
If it wasn't tempting, it wouldn't be temptation. We all have it, but we can, through Jesus Christ, overcome temptation. If you've got your Bible there, I encourage you to open up to Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read this morning about Jesus' temptation. If you know the, what's happening at the time, Jesus has just been uh, baptised and uh, the Holy Spirit's descended upon him like a dove. I'm just working out how to hold my book flat here. There we are. State. There we go. Uh, Jesus has been baptised. He's gone down in the water. The Holy Spirit's descended on him like a dove. A voice from heaven said, You are my beloved Son and who I am well pleased. And then he gets up and he goes and we read Matthew chapter 4. Verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. You know, that there is a great verse to study and think about and ponder on. Sometimes we are led through trials and temptations. Verse 2, For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry, as you do when you fast for forty days and forty nights. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Straight away, he, he tries to bring confusion upon who Jesus is. He says, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the Scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to, a, to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the Son of God, jump off. For the Scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Amen. <laughs> then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. You know, Jesus was tempted and never sinned. It is possible to face temptation and not sin. And if you are tempted, you might be tempted to think, well, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. But I want to say, just because you are being tempted, just because, because you're facing trials or, or, or challenges or temptation of any kind, does not mean that you are necessarily in the wrong place. You know, sometimes we can be unwise. We can do things, go places, be places that are unwise and bring temptation upon ourselves. And that's really silly. Don't do that. But just because we face trials, just because we face temptation, don't think that you need to shift places. Sometimes the grass looks greener somewhere else, doesn't it? But just because we face trials and temptations, don't think that you need to, 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 to move, you don't need to change jobs necessarily. The trials and temptations that you face, God is able to give you strength to go through them. Jesus understands what it is to be tempted and can help you in our weakness. We need to know what temptation is. We need to understand what temptation means, what it means to be tempted. And I was thinking about how we might define temptation. I think sometimes we might say, well, it's when we want to do something and we're not allowed to. But I don't think that's a great definition of temptation. 
Maybe some might say, well, God wants to stop us having a bit of fun. Temptations like God saying no to things that we want to do. But that's not a very good theory on what temptation is. I believe God knows us completely. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what is good for us. He knows what is right for us. He wants to give us life and life abundantly. I think a, a better summary of what temptation is, it's when we're being drawn to, to, to do something that God knows is not good for us. God knows what is good for you. And at times we are drawn towards something that is not right, is not good, and God says, no, don't do that thing. We, we're tempted to do that thing, to, to go that way, to ignore God's command, to ignore His instruction. But God knows what is best for us. I think the challenge sometimes is when we get to a place and we, we think, Jesus, I know you're my saviour. I know I shouldn't do that thing. But I want you, God. <laughs> Temptation is tempting because it, 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 it has a, there's a desire within us that goes after something that is not what God has for us. And we can try and excuse that and try to make ex- excuses for that, but it's never good for us to embrace that temptation. It is never good for us to, to say yes to that temptation, to, to entertain that thought. When we think about temptation, like I said, we, we normally think about those big sins and those things that might come to mind straight away. But have a listen to how, how Jesus was tempted by Satan. You know, I don't think Satan came to him with a half-baked strategy. I don't think Satan sort of saw Jesus in the wilderness and sort of thought, oh, okay, I've got to think of something to try and to, to tempt Jesus with. And he sort of came up with the, the three best ideas he could come up with at the time. I think he was really intentional in the way he tried to tempt Jesus in the, in the wilderness. Have a listen to what he says to Jesus. He says, if you are the Son of God, straight away he tries to challenge his identity. He tries to say, if you are the Son of God, it's like, it's, like, it's like there's some doubt. Maybe you're not the Son of God, Jesus. He tries to twist the truth straight away from the beginning. And he says, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus says, no way. The Scripture says, you shall not live by bread alone, but by the very Word of God. He knows his source is his Father in heaven. He knows God is his source and he's not going to turn any stones to bread. You know, he was, Jesus is fully God and yet fully human. He gave up his divinity. He gave up his, his divine privileges as, as, as God himself and became human. And if Jesus in that moment had said, you know what, I'm so hungry, I'm going to give it up, I'm going to turn these stones into bread, suddenly he wouldn't have been fully human anymore, would he? I don't know about you, I haven't turned any stones to bread. I love bread. Put some jam on it, it tastes really good. Um, but it doesn't talk about jam. Um, if Jesus had done that, he would not have been fully human. He could not die the perfect sacrificial death in our place because he wouldn't have been human. But Jesus knew his source was his Father in heaven. He knew God had a plan for his life on earth, and he, he trusted in God. He trusted that God was his source and said, No way, I'm not doing it. I'm starving. But I am not turning these stones to bread. I do not live by bread alone. I live by, the, the, by, by my God in heaven who loves me. He is my source. He'll feed me when I need food. And you know, everything we have is God. Everything, everything we have is His. 
Everything we have, every heartbeat is a, is a gift from God. Every breath of air we have is a gift from God. And God will have us on this earth as long as He desires. Jesus knew that God was His source. The Father was His source. And Satan says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself off this building. He, God orders His angels to protect you. So go on, throw yourself off. Let's see if He catches you. And Jesus says, no way. Because the scripture also says, do not test the Lord your God. He's like, yeah, he could catch me, but I'm not going to test him. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep doing what God's called me to do. I'm not going to throw myself off because you're telling me to. His trust was in the Father. His, his trust was totally in God in heaven. His trust was in him, not in trying to prove himself to Satan. He didn't have to do what he said and, and show that, that God was trustworthy but his trust was fully in the Father. I wonder if there's times in our life when we're tempted to, to do something, to try and... We, we, we claim God's Word and we do something silly and thinking, well, God promises this, so even if I do that, God says this, so it'll be all okay. And we can be unwise. We, we go after things that really show our trust is not in God. But Jesus' trust was in his Father in heaven who he knew loves him completely. Then he says, if you are the Son of God, no, he doesn't say that, sorry. He says, all this will be yours if you will bow down and worship me. He shows him the kingdoms of the world and says, all this I'll give to you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, get away from me. No, no way. You're crazy. What are you thinking? That's insane. Didn't say it quite like that. But he says, the scriptures also say you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There is no way I'm bowing down to you, Satan. There's no way I will worship you. I think Satan's trying to say, look, you can have all this if you'll just bow down to me. But Jesus is thinking, no way would I bow down to you. No way am I going to worship you. My, my, I, I fear God, not you, Satan. I fear my Father in heaven. I fear what would happen if I disobey my Father in heaven, not what would happen if I disobey you, Satan. And so Satan brings temptation to us at times, and he says, you know, this is, you can have this. You, you, if you just lie about this at work, you can have that promotion. If you just make like those few little lies on your tax return, you know, you can have that extra few thousand dollars. He says, you can have this if you'll just, if you'll just listen to my voice for the moment. If you just say that about this person, and these people will think so much better of you, if you just twist the truth a little bit, it'll just sound so much better. You can have this if you, if you listen to me. That's Satan's voice to us. But the fear of God is a beginning of wisdom. Fear of God, which I think, uh, as I've talked about, there's a, there's a spectrum of the fear of God, I believe. That there's, there's one end of the this fear of God. If we don't know God, if we, if we know we are His enemies, we, have, we, we should have a fear of God that is terrifying. He is the God who created the heavens and the earth, and He is coming to judge the living and the dead. And yet, on the other end of the spectrum, when we know Jesus so loved us that He died on the cross for us, and we surrender to Him and no longer live as His enemies, but become His friends, that fear of God changes from a, a, a terror to a joyful reverent worship of Him. And, and, and I have a, a fear of God in a, a joyful way, if that makes any sense. I think if you know Jesus is your Saviour, you can understand that we can 
know the, the reverent fear of God that He is so almighty and huge and amazing and all-powerful, but I come to Him as my Father in heaven who loves me. And I do bow down, I worship Him and, and thank Him for what He's done for me. Jesus says, says no way am I going to bow down and worship you, Satan. I know you can't offer me anything that my Father in heaven can't offer me. I don't fear you, Satan. I, I, I fear my Father in heaven. I, I love my Father in heaven. I know He has everything I need. He is my source. He is the one I trust. You know, the greatest temptations we face are to not look to God as our source. The greatest temptations we face is that we don't look to God as the one we trust, that we look to some other thing to give us satisfaction, to give us joy, to give us hope. The greatest temptations we face are not to look to God as the one we fear and worship. If we fear the opinion of people more than God, we'll go after all kinds of crazy things. Peer pressure in, in schools, in workplaces, and I think for, even for adults it's, it's greater than we like to admit. The pressure to please people. But if, if, if we allow the fear of man to become greater than our fear of God, we will do all kinds of crazy things. And we'll give in to those temptations. If we truly know that God is our source, as the one we trust, as the one we fear and worship, temptation loses its power. If we know that God is the God who created all things, who sustains our every breath, if we know that He loves us, if we know that He gives us every good thing, if we know that His plans for us are good, then we don't have to chase after other things. We don't have to try and get other things that God isn't giving me this, so I'm just going to go out and try and get that thing. I don't have to disobey God's commands to try and find satisfaction or joy or a bit of happiness or a little bit of pleasure because God knows me completely. And I, I, I'm sure every one of us have got testimonies of times when we gave in to temptation. We said something, we did something, we knew was not right. But I, I, I hope and pray that we also all have, have testimony of times when we've not given in to temptation. And that joy, that feeling of, oh God, you are so good. Thank you for helping me go, get through that, that conversation without saying that thing, without doing that thing. And, and the freedom, the, the joy in knowing that, God, you're my Father and I'm so glad I listened to your voice. And maybe even today you're here and you're thinking, you, you've heard about Jesus' love for you, what he's died on the cross for you to, to do. And you're thinking, wow, maybe I should listen to what he's done for me and surrender my life to him. And it'll be the greatest decision you will ever make because God knows you, he loves you. Don't be tempted to listen to any other voice, but just trust in the living God, in Jesus Christ, who died for your sin. Temptation loses its power when we look at Jesus. When we focus on Him day by day, as we've, we've got a CFC Bible reading plan to try and help each other get into the Word of God. We have life groups to try and help each other be re reminded of the truths of His Word, of what He's done for us. We, we meet on a Sunday, we, we worship Him, we, we sing songs, we preach the Word, we have communion to, to be reminded of who He is and what He has done. And day by day, if we, if we live in a state of consciousness of what He has done, we will not be drawn into temptation in the same way. You know, Jesus was tempted, but He went through that temptation without sinning, and we can as well. He wants to empower us to do that. 
We need to know the Word of God. We need to declare it even as Jesus did. I encourage you to think about those responses that Jesus made to Satan. But we also need to know whose we are. I want to read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this so I live this earthly so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins. He has set us free. He has made us righteous in God's sight through faith. We are no longer the old people. God has made us new creations in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. That's who we are. You might say, but, oh, but Andrew, you don't know what I've done this week. I've so mucked it up this week. I've, I've messed it all up. I couldn't possibly be loved by God in the same way. No way. You are loved by God. He knows you and you are a new creation in Christ the moment you put your faith in Him. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No one can take away the love of God for you. No trial, no sickness, no, no, no stumbling of yours or anyone else can change God's love for you. A few weeks ago, Sam talked about the importance of meeting together and, and, and committing to, to, to meet together and encourage each other. It's so important for us to be reminded that it's no longer us that lives, it's Christ that lives in us. And we can claim that, I think we probably more often think about that verse when we're going through trials and say, well, God, you've, you've got to lift us up. But I think there's times when we're prideful, we, we, we go after things selfishly and we've got to say, no, hang on, it's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives. I want to live for your glory, God, and not mine. It's a, a great verse to remember in every situation. Satan wants us to feel alone and isolated. That's his strategy. He wants to divide us off and, 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 and make us feel alone and independent and, and isolated. And He wants you to feel like you're the only one going through this and no one understands what you're going through. But I want to encourage you, tell someone what you're going through. If we don't know, we can't know what you're going through. Other than God giving us a word of knowledge and that can happen too, but... I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're going through a trial, you are a part of this family. We're the Christian Family Church, not just for families, but we are here to be a family for one another. You might have no other family, but you are a part of my family because you're a part of God's family. And I want to encourage you, if you have needs, if you are sick and you're at home and you can't get to church, give us a call and ask us to come and pray for you. Let us know that you're in hospital. If you know someone else is in hospital, let us know that they're there so we can go and pray for them and believe God to heal them and raise them up and give them strength. Satan wants you to feel alone and isolated. I wonder if you've ever seen uh, one of those David Attenborough documentaries or one of those shows about uh, the, the lion's chasing after the, the buffalo or the wildebeest or, or whatever they are. There's a picture that might make you remember one of those videos you watched. You watch the lions, they might have, there might be four or five lions and they're, they're, they're sort of stalking out their prey and they see this herd of, of buffalo or whatever they are. Does anyone know exactly, is that a buffalo? Wildebeest? Whatever it is. Meat to the lion. Um, these lions, they, they see these, these animals and that they, they sort of, 
like they're not talking, but you can see that there's strategy going on right there. And they, they, they sort of they go around one side and they, they, they make them start running. And they don't straight away pounce on the first one they see. They, they try and sort of wait and see which one's the weakest, which one's sort of just falling behind the pack, which one's sort of just going its own direction a little bit and not staying with the rest of the pack. And as they see the one that's just sort of falling behind or just not staying with the rest, you see them sort of start to divide it off. And they say, righto, guys, this is the one. And they all come in and they pounce. And that thing is in a bad situation. It's not over yet, but it's in a bad situation. But what I love, I love this bit, um, is when you see suddenly the buffalo realize, hang on, there's more of us. We have horns. And they turn around. <laughs> and the lion just goes, I'm out of here. They are big mama horns. And, and I love this next one even better. You see, the, the buffalo, he, he, he realizes the power he has. And he charges. And now the lion is isolated. And those buffalo, they, they keep going together. And as one body, they move and they, and they chase. And then they pounce on the lion. And you see there, he gets his horn underneath and throws it up in the air. And if you watch the whole video, I thought it was a little graphic, so I didn't thought I wouldn't play it. And the horn goes up into the lion. He goes, yeah! And it's like, come on! So there's horns, he's like, come on! Take that, lion! He suddenly realises the power he has. And the lion flees and then is pierced by the power of the horn. <laughs> yeah. You know, Satan wants to divide us off and, and pull us down and, and, and make us give in to temptation, make us feel like we've messed it up, we're no longer part of the herd, and we can never go back. And he wants to take us down, he wants to steal, kill and destroy. But God has given us power to live this Christian life as a part of his family, as a part of his body, to protect one another and to realize the power we have. And it says... Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust, but also, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself now, but uh, don't allow offense to separate you off. Don't allow things to make you feel like you're not a part of the family. Jesus makes you a part of the family. We, we can't love Jesus and not love his, his body. We can't do life with God and, and not be a part of his church. We, we can't obey God's call for us as Christians if we're not a part of His church. It's, we cannot do it. We're called to live within the body, and He wants us to protect one another within that body. And uh, I was getting a little ahead of myself, but um, we'll read it in a moment. Um, I would encourage you, always remember God's calling for you, or temptation will pounce. Always remember his call for you to be a part of his body, to, to, to live for the glory of God, not to get offended and, and, and have unforgiveness in your own heart, but to forgive and to live for the glory of God so that we don't get divided off, so we don't get separated and divided, but that we would live for the glory of God and that Satan would flee. We're going to read that verse in just a moment. Always remember God's calling for you. I think when we do have a, a, an awareness of his, of his calling, when we're living for His purpose, we don't get drawn into temptation like we do otherwise. I think of David, when he's, it's the season when kings are meant to go out to war and David's still at home 
up on the roof and sees Bathsheba. He, he, he'd forgotten his calling. He hadn't gone out. And temptation pounces upon David. And people die because of that temptation that he gives into. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 13 says, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. What a great encouragement. If you think you're standing strong, if you think you're bigger than temptation, be very careful that you don't fall. I think great men and women of God don't fall because they forget who God is. They forget that they're human. We are all human. We all face temptation in the same way. And maybe today you feel like temptation for you is a giant. It's too big. You just can't overcome that temptation. Maybe there's some addiction in your life, but God is able to break the chains of addiction. He has broken the chains. I believe He wants to set you free. I know there's testimonies of people in this place even today that have been set free from addictions in amazing, miraculous ways. And He wants to set you free. He's able to set you free. Temptation will never become so great that we cannot endure, His Word declares. Maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum, though, that you feel like, well, yeah, you're greater than temptation, and and temptation's not too big for you. You can overcome it. But be very careful the way you live, because we are all vulnerable to temptation. I don't want to make us afraid of temptation. We do not need to fear what Satan will bring against us. But we need to be aware. We need to be careful the way we live our life, to be wise in our decisions and our actions and the way we go about our lives. God bless, God's blessings are for those who stand firm. God blesses those who stand firm. Those of us who have stood firm through trials and temptations know the blessing that God has through that time of, of obedience. James chapter 1, verse 12 to 15 says, here it is, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You know, God does not tempt us. God calls us to live a certain way which is good for us. But temptation is when we go after anything that is not what God is calling us to. That's when we desire the things that are not of God. And when we allow temptation and sin to linger in our life, it is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Because when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. I think in many people's lives, they they allow some thought to, to, to settle in their mind, maybe some unforgiveness, maybe something in their life that they they let to some disobedience to what God is saying to, to, to grow and and take root in their heart. And then suddenly they feel like they don't want to be a part of the church anymore. And they say, oh, I still love Jesus, but I, don't, I just don't need to go to church. But then suddenly six months, two years, five years later down the track, 
they're not living as a, a witness of Jesus. They're not maybe even saying he's the only way anymore. Temptation and sin, if allowed to grow, gives birth to death. We need to be so quick to turn from temptation. I remember doing the Valiant Man course. So any of you were here oh, 200 years ago when we did that course. Um, you talked about how the brain is like a, a, a network of roads and how there's different roads and tracks and, and our thoughts. We, we, we have a natural way we go in our thoughts. But when temptation comes, we need to find some off-ramps to going towards those things that we might have been tempted to do in the past. We need to create new paths in our brain for our thoughts to say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not saying that anymore. I'm going this way, not that way. Because Jesus is my Lord. Let's be quick to deal with temptation. Let's not entertain temptation. Let's not think on those things, but say, thank you, Jesus, that you're my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for your glory. Thank you that you know me best. You love me more than I could understand. And you, your way is best for me. That we might have life and be able to bring life to others around us. James chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think of those, those, those wildebeests, those things with horns we just saw a moment ago. They, they, they humble themselves together and, and, and resist the devil. <coughs> Excuse me. And the lion flees because he knows he has no power. When we come on... <coughs> Excuse me. When we come under the authority of God, Satan has no power over us. He has no authority. If we are under the blood of Jesus, Satan has no right over you. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What a great picture. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. I do not want that to be true of me. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up in honour. If you're aware of sin in your life, if you're aware of times in your life when you have given in to temptation, let there be sorrow. Let there be a repentant heart saying, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin. And he will lift you up. He will never cast you out. He will never throw you away. His love is for you. And he desires to lift you up. But will you come to him? I'll ask if the band will come now. We're going to come to a close. I just want to finish with these, these two thoughts. We have authority in Jesus' name. We have authority to live for God. We have authority to, to, to command those thoughts to stop in Jesus' name. We have the authority to say, God, I thank you for breaking off that addiction in my life in Jesus' name. We have the authority to say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm your child and I will, will not be a tool of darkness I want to be a, a tool of your kingdom. I want to be a, a disciple who makes disciples. I don't want to just know this, but I want to apply this to my life and help others be set free as well. Because the greatest life we can know is not in chasing after anything in this world than a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God in our life is love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness. There is no greater way. There is no greater thing that you can ever know than to know Jesus as your Saviour, to listen to His voice and obey. Jesus' call is, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I believe as we live as disciples of Jesus Christ, as we live the way that He's intended, people will be drawn to you. People will come to you and say, thank you for just being so kind. Thank you for being compassionate. Thank you for for not saying what all those other people were saying. People will see God's love and His light in you and even ask you, what is it about you? And let's be ready to give a reason for the hope we have. Finally, I just want to read 1 Peter chapter 5. So humble yourselves. It's so important. Humble ourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries, all your worries and cares to God. For He cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He is real. He is there. He's watching. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to Him forever. Amen. Can we stand this morning? Let's stand as the family of God, as His people. I just want to pray over you this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank You that we have authority through Jesus Christ. That we are set free by the power of Jesus Christ through your death and resurrection. We are raised to new life. We have new life. We are new creations in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that even in this life, though we stumble, though we fall at times, you will never leave us. You will never turn us away. You hold us by the hand. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us and lives within us that wants to lead us and guide us and remind us of your truths. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the village, the disciples, the church that you desire us to be, to stand firm, to be quick to pray, to be quick to ask someone to pray for us, to stand with us in our, in our moment of darkness, in our moment of need. Lord Jesus, I think of you in the Garden of Gethsemane, that you asked your closest friends to come pray with you. And you know what? They fell asleep. And at times we fail each other, God, but I pray that you would give us a grace. Give us a grace to do life together. That, Lord, like that pack of wildebeest, like that herd of wildebeest, that we would realize the power we have in you. The darkness would flee as we stand firm in our faith in you. That, Lord, we could go out from this place as your ambassadors, as messengers of your love and your light, that darkness would flee from the lives of those around us, that they would know the truth and the truth would set them free. 
We thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you that you are greater than any temptation or, or challenge or addiction that we may face. And Lord Jesus, we just want to focus our eyes on you. We thank you that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we live this life for your glory, God. This morning, let's just surrender to him. Let's surrender our lives afresh to him this morning. We say, God, have your way in me. We're going to sing this song, more of you, less of me. Lord, take everything. Let me live as your disciple. Let me be a disciple who makes disciples for your glory, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.